Welcome back to A Quick Time Out, the podcast that fits into your busy coaching schedule. Joining us today is Coach Richie Schuler. Richie, for those who may not be familiar with you, can you tell people a little bit about your background and then how that fits into what you're doing now? Absolutely. Would love to. And I appreciate you putting me on. I really like what you're doing uh, with this podcast. Yeah, a lot, a lot like a lot of other people that are listening to the podcast. My background, obviously, w- was as a basketball player. I was a walk-on at Evansville, and um, that allowed me the opportunity to be a graduate assistant at Austin P. back in 2002-2003. Uh, Ended up being a 10-year college career, mostly at smaller colleges. Uh, finished up as the head coach at Division II St. Andrews University in North Carolina. You know, after 10 years of coaching, I wanted to do some different things but stay in the game. And so the last several years now, I've been doing a lot of uh, international travel basketball tours uh, through PhD Hoops and, and various other companies along the way, as well as doing uh, color commentating for ESPN here on the West Coast during basketball season. So it's kept me really busy being able to stay in the game through all these years. And you've done a little bit of traveling, like you said here. And can you talk a little bit more about that and kind of some of the things that you've been doing over the last four or five years? You know, I've built this company called PhD Hoops, and and a lot of it is an opportunity for coaches to uh, share their basketball knowledge and, and coaches around the world to to learn from one another and just kind of have a database of of uh, uh, coaching styles and different ways of teaching things to our players uh, from all around the world. But, you know, as far as the travel tours are concerned, I'm, I'm really big on trying to give young people an opportunity to not just play basketball from an international perspective and have an opportunity to maybe slip on a jersey that says USA across their chest and compete against players from different parts of the world, but also learn that different style of play uh, to be coached by sometimes international coaches uh, and, and certainly take a few things from the international game so that when they go back to the respective middle schools, high schools, or colleges, they've learned quite a bit throughout the summer in being a better basketball player in a different style of play. And to me, that's big. I think it's educational and it gives young people an opportunity to, uh, to, to learn a different style of basketball. And I can't tell you how many coaches have contacted me in the falls and winters after a player has gone on a tour with us and uh, has raved about the confidence level being higher. And I think a lot of that's just young people having an opportunity to uh, to learn a different style and, and, and going and uh, trying to play a similar type style uh, among, with their team. But at the same time, you know, you, you want young people to have an opportunity to, uh, to really go out and see the world, to get some cultural enrichment, uh, to kind of break down those barriers of how different America is from different parts of the world. And I think outside of basketball, I think it educates young men and women in, in being better citizens and uh, appreciating you know, what the world has to offer outside the United States of America. You talked a little bit about the style of play and mentioned that. Are there any significant differences from any of the countries that you face, things that you've picked up as a coach? Yeah, doing these tours, and I, and I actually was able to go on one of these tours in South America as a player in the late 90s. I think it was 99, 2000, right around there. Had an opportunity to, to play in South America on a trip similar uh, to mine, uh, only through Athletes in Action. And I've coached on many different ones, mostly in Europe, but a little bit in the Caribbean islands as well. Uh, there's a really big event in, in Europe that I've attended five times now called the United World Games. And that brings in like 35 countries of teams from all around the world. It's a massive event, and it's, it's really good for young people to go to. And in doing so, I've had a, a great opportunity to to see how these different teams compete and play. And, you know, you've heard a lot of people talk about it, but it's true, especially with Western European teams. 
you know, American teams, you know, we've, we've really adopted the style of playing very fast and pressing full court. And generally we're pretty athletic, our, our players and, and, you know, utilize a lot of ball screens and, and that kind of play. And oftentimes, you know, pressing full court, like I said, sometimes for the entire game, what I've seen with the Western European teams in particular, and even teams from like Australia, New Zealand, you know, areas like that, it's, it's a much slower pace of play. It's more of a half court game. It's a little bit more fundamental. You can't just rely on athleticism. They learn as basketball players fundamentally to play the one through the five. And just look at guys in the NBA like Dirk Nowitzki and others from Europe who uh, have those inside-outside skills. Those kind of guys, you see a lot of those type players in Europe and Australia and those kind of places. And it, it's just very different in that aspect. Then you want to take it to another contrast uh, I go down to the Caribbean islands and you and I talked about this in the past before where oftentimes they play more of a similar type speed that we do here. Unlike European teams where there's a lot of off the ball screening, you know, back screens, cross screens, down screens, flare screens, you know, down in the Caribbean islands, I see them doing a lot of the same stuff that we do, which is really ball screen heavy and picking up full court and getting up in you on the defensive end. And I think that's that's interesting. It's really a mixed batch of styles all across the world. And even when you go to like Asia, there's a lot of big men in Asia, huge players, very tall, strong, fit. And so it's just it's neat to see you get a chance to play against all these different types of players and teams and styles of play. Because for me as a coach, it's helped me become a better coach in learning all these different things and, and being able to relay that to young people and helping them compete you know, especially when you're playing against within the FIBA rules. You've told me in the past that you don't have that long to get these guys together and to, to compete. I mean, competition is only like you said, three or four practices in. H- how do you get guys prepared for <laughs> those types of high pressure situations and those different styles in such a short period of time? Yeah, I always joke with the players and the parents on the trips and things like that. I tell them, look, these teams that we're playing been together two or three years. We're getting two or three practices. <laughs> and it's true. Uh, you have to be able to find a way to compete in such a limited amount of time. And I think, you know, one way that we've had success in doing that is is we do take advantage of the athleticism that we have, particularly in Europe. Uh, When you play against a European team, especially young guys, like anywhere, you know, before the age of maybe 19 years old, a lot of the players in Europe, they haven't, it gives them a lot of problems. They haven't gotten used to being pressed full court man to man with traps and, uh, you know, all that pressure going up against them. And by the third, fourth quarter of those games, they're, wear, they're worn down. They've thrown a lot of turnovers by that point. They're tired. They're fatigued. And so, you know, with a lot of the teams that I've had going over to Europe, especially at that United World Games event, we really stress, hey, we got nine, ten guys. Let's throw waves at them. Four or five people subbing in at a time. Let's go full court. Let's pressure them. Because a lot of these young guys have learned that here in the States. So sometimes we have to beat them with our athleticism, with our length, uh, rather than being super organized on the offensive end. I mean, how many, you know, it's going to take you a good two, three weeks to really gel as a team on the offensive end. So you got to keep really things super basic on the offensive end. We'll, you know, we'll throw a few sets in there. Uh, If you're really lucky and you got a high IQ group, maybe you can run some flex offense, but otherwise offensively, you're going to be running some four round one and what I call the summertime offense. 
Uh, I learned that from uh, Greg Popovich reading an article on him where four round one, you can do some back screens with the big men, but more, uh, you know, more perimeter oriented. It's, it's, you got half a second to make a pass drive or shoot. You got a decision in a half a second, and then you got to cut through or screen away and just really uh, enforce lots of ball reversals and whatnot. And um, see if you can attack the defense from a, from more of that standpoint and get some really good shots off. But, you know, you got to keep it really basic with your inbounds plays. You got to keep it really basic with your defense. Man to man, more often than not, you're going to pack it in uh, on the half court just so you can have some advantage on the offensive rebounding end or the defensive rebounding end. And then maybe a little bit of two, three. But you got to keep it super, super basic. Are you facing mostly zone or man? You know, it's funny. You know, people want to start out by playing us man, but uh, oftentimes we're more athletic than the teams over there. So you'll see a team very quickly switch to a zone defense. And uh, we're oftentimes not always prepared for that. So in, in the in the ways of keeping it super simple, as we, as we just talked about, it's we, we run that summertime offense oftentimes against the zone. And we just try to get our big guy flashing to the elbows and the, and the low posts and sometimes get a perimeter player in the wing to, to you know, flash into the high post as well. Got to keep it super simple. Unfortunately, we can't make anything too sophisticated with just two or three practices. Right. I'm curious, how does the shooting compare? You know, oftentimes I think the opponents shoot better because, A, they're used to that deeper three-point line that, that we don't play with here, not at the high school level. Now at the college level, obviously we're making that transition back to the international three, but certainly at the high school level, they're not playing that deep. So it's a lot deeper for a high school player. College-age kids, they're, they're a little bit more adjusted because they're, you know, the college three-point line here in the States is, is a little bit deeper. But, um, but you know, that's, that's one challenge. And then, B, we're oftentimes very jet-lagged in trying to get used to different courts. And a lot of the courts over in Europe, uh, you know, they got a million lines across it, handball lines and volleyball lines and everything else. And so it's oftentimes a little bit confusing for our, our guys trying to adjust to the different style and, and not just the different styles of play that we're going up against, but also um, the officiating. You know, officiating is different. You have the FIBA rules to contend with, and then the way they call things is just different. So you always have to get your guys understanding, hey, this is just how they call it. Calm down. Uh, we got to move forward and work, to work on the next play. Just really quickly, if you haven't heard yet about Anchor, it is the easiest way to make a podcast. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will even distribute your podcast to Spotify and Apple Podcasts and other platforms so your show actually gets heard. You can even make money from your podcast no matter the size of your audience. It really is everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. What's the best one or two things that you've picked up from international play? A couple things, really. I, I really like how fundamentally it's not just, hey, perimeters on this side, posts on the other side, and let's work on post moves and let's work on perimeter shots. Mm-hmm. You know, we see that way too many times here in the United States, and I and I think that's just how it is. Maybe that's changing a little bit because big men aren't what they used to be. A lot of them are step outs now. But it's really intriguing if you watch a European practice. And I, I've been talking a lot about European basketball just because it's so dominant. It's quite different down in the Caribbean. It's quite different in Asia. But uh, just from a European standpoint, it, you know, you learn so many different things. That your, your point guards are going to learn post moves, and your post players are going to learn how to do some things on the perimeter as a as a you know as guard skills. And I think that's super important. And I think that's why you're seeing so many European players, albeit they may not be as athletic. They certainly 
are more skilled than most American players of the same age. Uh, so I really like that aspect of it. And I, one thing I also really love is, is um, you know, they, they don't have school teams over there. Hmm. You know, here we have, you know, you got your elementary, middle school, high school teams, you got prep school teams, you got college teams, and on and on and on. Uh, there, they just have club teams. And, and I really think it's, it's similar to AAU in a way, but it has a year-round structure. And, and oftentimes, one coach may be with that set of players for, you know, close to a decade. And that goes on into the professional level. They just keep rising up in age until you become a pro if you make it that far. And, and I, I don't think that here in the United States we should change to club teams, but it is intriguing. It's neat. And, and you can tell that, you know, some of those guys who have been coached by some really good, knowledgeable coaches, um, you know, those players learn the game at a really high level, a really good high IQ level not just relying on athleticism that we may do here. Some of our players may do here in the States. There may be somebody who's listening to this and it sounds really exciting, the stuff that you're doing and the trips that you're taking. Could you fill them in on, on maybe how they can get involved in something like this in the future? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, PhDhoops.com. I, I hope that any coach or player would take advantage of the resource. The website's really in its infancy, but there is a lot of good knowledge on here. We have contributors that have helped out in uh, getting the website up and going and, and uh, putting their knowledge out there. Tony Miller, that's you mm-hmm. being one of them, and uh, I appreciate that. But, you know, there are different aspects of the website that can help coaches, and there's different aspects of the website that can help players. And if you go to phdhoops.com, you'll see on the menu bar there's a travel tour section, and it's pretty well detailed. And there's a lot of a lot of things in that travel tour section. Um, one is an application uh, for players that want to apply, and we request either a letter of recommendation and or a video before we have a phone interview because we want to make sure that young man or woman is not just a good player, but also you know a high character player that's going to represent our country appropriately when we're overseas. Uh, but you know the tours, uh, you know there's a whole list of upcoming tours for next year coming up that we just uh, just put up on there over the last couple of days, and and uh, so there's a lot of options in there for kids that may want to do that, and and there's also options if coaches want to take advantage of their every four year international tour that the NCAA allows them, uh, then certainly. Uh, they can, they can contact us and we can help organize that travel as well. Some great opportunities. I would really encourage coaches to check that out. Could be a a great trip for your team, either in the summertime or maybe even something they could do on a spring break. Coach, thanks so much for taking the time for us today. Really appreciate you having me on, man. I really like what you're doing with the podcast. Thanks, Richie. That'll do it for this episode. Be sure to hit that subscribe button. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you again at the next time out. 